Hey, Adam. Yeah. Have you come up with the theme song yet for the our What the Hell series? Yeah. What the hell is the difference between a sharp 11 and a flat 5? Yeah. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you today with a brand new theme song. I like it better than our first one. I Well, the first three. <laughs> I mean, did you actually play a flat five or a sharp 11? I did. I ended Oh, you did. Okay. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I ended I on, the, I I ended on the 13th, but the, it's in there. I heard you. Sorry. Okay. You'll hear. You'll hear. Um, cool. So uh, we are sponsored by AnyTune. AnyTune's the best. And you know what? If you work with AnyTune and download this app, and use it correctly, which is not hard at all because the thing is uber it's super intuitive. Easy to use. Super easy to use. Super easy to use. Uh, you're going to know, be able to learn the difference between a flat 5 and a sharp 11 and a lot of other things because you're going to be able to learn from the classic recordings or the non-classic, really whatever you want. It does not discriminate. But whatever you want to load into any tune, and loading in is as easy as one click, um, you're going to be able to analyze, to learn, to hear, um, to develop from the music that you love on your phone Android, Apple, or your Mac app uh, in a way that you never thought was possible. Oh, you might have thought it was possible. If you're like me, I'm a dreamer. So I always thought about this. When I was even little... You were going to design your own YouTube. <laughs> I was going to design it. Damn, they got it. No, but I mean, I always thought that this would be the perfect tool. And, um, you know, I'm sure people before there was LPs were like, oh, if they ever had a spinning disc that would make music, I wouldn't have to go to the concert all the time. Um, but that's the way these things go. But this is really a, a game changer and, and really the penultimate tool for transcribing it does a lot more but we're sort of you know uber focused on that because as we've been playing with it we realize what a perfect tool it is it's pretty awesome go to anytune.us slash you'll hear it to check it out for yourself uh so happy to have them on as our sponsor perfect fit we've got nothing but great feedback it is an awesome tool yeah and i just want to say like i was really excited about this full disclosure on this um we went to them like once i saw this tool and got to play with it and I wasn't even really in the market for this kind of thing um, because I just, I don't know. But once I did, I was like, I want to I want to talk to these folks. And I mean, we were going to talk about it anyway. And so that they wanted to come on as a sponsor of the podcast is really a cool thing. We're having a lot of fun with it. It's awesome. Yep. Uh, so today we're talking about what the hell is the difference between the flat five and the sharp 11. So we <laughs> talked about, yes, so what the hell beat out what the heck? What the hell, man? Come on. I mean, what the heck, man? See, we'd never say what the heck I in know. that situation. Because well, I was mad. I didn't get my thing. Did. Okay, you guys heard it, though. I wanted what the heck. So if there's any complaints, like any anti-hell people, yeah. you, know, I'm, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, yeah, so, that's true. You know, there you go. So this episode uh, was spurred by a tweet from uh, great guitarist Kurt Rosenwinkel. Kurt Beelzebub. <laughs> it was spurred by <laughs> Kurt. No. Kurt, what the hell, Rosenwinkel. <laughs> uh, he tweeted out made just one <laughs> cryptic tweet. Major seven flat five question mark, <laughs> and then a bunch of people tweeted below like, yeah, why does what the hell is that? You know, yeah. blah 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 blah. And um, I feel very lucky because when I was very young, someone kind of explained this to in a way that really made sense to me. It was Buster Williams, and you know, it's legit. Whoa, wait, hold on, we just yeah. dropped the name. I dropped on the, the name here. on the ground. Yeah, no, I did, when, when I was a little boy, I asked my daddy what the difference between a flat five and sharp five. He said, "Go ask a pro." Buster taught us uh, at his uh, in his combo class at the new school back way way back in the day. Oh, that must have been awesome! Uh, it was it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Joe Henderson's Inner Urge, 
Right. And so Inner Urge has these series of major seven flat fives. And, um, you know, he kind of laid it down what what the difference is between the flat five and the sharp 11. Mm. And it's actually, as pianist, it's really easy to see because it kind of implies a very specific time, actually a very specific sound to uh, that time around Inner Urge. And it's this shape. Right? So here I have an F major 7 flat 5, and the shape I have is F, A, B natural, E. Right? So this is what you would hear over inner urge as it moves down in whole steps, right? And so the idea is if I say major 7 uh, flat 5, not only is it implying this Lydian sound, but it kind of gives me an idea of the shape that there's no 9 in this situation, an 11, a, a sharp 11 implies that there must be a nine, right? That's what I learned. If there's an 11 or 13, uh, there the nine has to be in there. So this implies that in the voicing, there doesn't necessarily have to be a nine, but it also implies one other thing. So Buster told us that the scale we use over this is the, uh, the D melodic minor. So one of the first comments on Kurt's tweet the other day was, yeah, like, what, are you not going to have the natural five? Well, in fact, Snarky Puppy, no, we're not going to have the natural five. <laughs> snarky sn- snarky uh, Kurt? <laughs> That's right. We're going to have the flat five and the sharp five because of yeah. the scale, right? If F, G, A, B natural, C sharp, D, E. And you know why from a theoretical standpoint? I have no idea. Because it sounds good. It does sound it great. It does sound good. But it's a different thing. So if this was an F7 or F major 7 sharp 11, there would absolutely be a natural... It yeah. implies that there's that the C is in there, but the 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 eleven the the B flat is is just B natural, but the again major seven flat five could be called flat five sharp five or flat five. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's got this. Does it make sense? It does. Yeah, and that's interesting. I've never I've I've heard it like that, but I've never actually kind of theoretically thought about it like that at all. And hey, listen, this is just how I learned from one person, so no, maybe no, it's, it's totally wrong, but it makes sense to me. It makes sense because it's based upon the reality of how it sounds, and even like building up from the 9th to 11th to the 13th in terms of the upper structure, that's just triads right. stacked on top of each other, which is Don't. one of the most primary sounds. So the way I kind of learned this... Um, I th- well, at, at some point, and I can't remember when, <laughs> I don't think it was with Buster Williams, excusez-moi, um, <laughs> but uh, in general was... You could you could tell whether or not to spell it as a uh, wait. What are we talking about? Sharp five or sharp flat sharp, five? Major seven flat, flat five, five or sharp eleven? Right. 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 Um, as if you were to play the fifth or the 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 perfect fourth, you know, the natural fourth. Which one fits in better with that alteration? So in the case of like when you do the F major sharp seven and you play the fifth, it. You don't have to play it in the chord, but if you play it as part of the scale, it, okay, you're making it sound bad. <laughs> but it's, you're like that. <laughs> no. So here's the. Okay, so this would actually now I'm just realizing that would kind of violate the way you learned it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. This now we got some drama going. I like but this, it, but see? it doesn't. This is with any of this thing. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It's all about how it sounds, and that's right. Why, but I'm talking about in terms of like how, why, why you would spell it one way or the other. Why you would spell flat five instead of well, like an F sharp major 11. sharp eleven. Right. I was taught you would spell it as a sharp eleven if the fifth still works within it. If you want that kind right, of right, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was on the I was doing the flip anyway. Yeah, so. and then if the fourth would sound right, and then sometimes they both, and then it like just doesn't matter. And I've always believed in that because the the function of what you write really should be the, as much as possible how it sounds like it should imply that it should be as close to how you want it to sound if you're composing and and how you're representing if you're transcribing 
That's right. So again, just to simplify what we were just saying, because I think <laughs> we actually we muddied the waters with several different opinions. We actually no, came we, to the same conclusion on this. So right. if, if we have F major seven flat five, this is based off of the D melodic minor, which has the B natural and the C sharp. Right. But if we were doing F major seven sharp eleven, it's really based off of the Lydian scale of the tonic. Yeah, of the tonic, which is B natural, but a C natural, the natural right. fifth. And we don't mean that you have to play that as part of the voicing. No, no. But not, if you're improvising, and, and we're not even talking about like non-chord tones, of course, but if you're kind of staying within the general realm of what you're setting up harmonically, which one sort of sounds like it fits better? And again, another clue, and this was, I didn't even think about this until kind of Buster, who's a bass player, showed me that if it's like major seven, flat five, that implies that at least in the way they want the chord voice, there's no nine or doesn't have to be in the voice. Like yeah. if I see major seven sharp 11, I assume the nine is fair game. Right. But this, and he specifically mentioned this shape, this F A B E for right. F. And you hear the shape all the time during that era, that yep. inner urge era. Oh know. man. It's a great shape. Yep. And that's different. If I saw F major seven sharp 11, maybe I, play this it's a smoother sound the sharp 11 yep. this is more of that clashy clunky yep you know yep I don't know. that's good man what the hell is that that's what the hell it is <laughs> hello <laughs> awesome well we are brought to you by any tune but we're also brought to you by open studio go to openstudiojazz.com to check out all of our courses you know peter we have this new thing called the piano access pass Ooh, i don't know yeah. if you heard about it yet i heard about it. i almost wish you wouldn't mention it because it's flying off the shelves it's flying off the shelves. luckily man. we have a rejuvenation of our supplies and no it's actually been the most popular membership uh, already in, two, in the last ever. two weeks ever that we've yeah. ever offered. And Who knew I, piano players won a bunch of piano stuff? <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, well, you know, we, we were always including more things thinking that was good, but maybe it was sort of overwhelming some folks. So we've redesigned, well, we've designed this piano access pass. We call it PAP for P-A-P. Did you know that? I've never heard any of us call it PAP. Well, okay, it's, anyway. <laughs> uh, piano access, that's the abbreviation. Piano access pass. But the idea is that this is a pass that gives you access to all of our piano courses for the whole year. And we have a ton of them already, and then we're yeah. going to be releasing a lot more in the coming year. Yeah, so. and it's like uh, it's like a self-updating situation because as we release new piano courses, as long as you're still a member, um, you get instant access. You actually get early access to that. That's true. So it's like a product that gets better over time. Yeah. Um, and you've probably noticed recently, uh, because you've been involved with that, uh, a lot of new piano mini courses, piano jazz piano technique. There's a whole series with different volumes. Jazz piano basics, the transcription. Like we're constantly developing things here in addition to our larger form courses with such artists as Jeffrey Kieser. Got a solo um, piano mini course coming out from Kieser. That's right. And, Very soon. Um, and I believe this gives you access to our rhythm section course, Brazilian rhythm section. Rhythm Brazilian, section fundamental. Uh, yeah, we have um, part two of that coming out yeah. in January, probably. So, so it's a lot of stuff. But if you're a piano player, that's why it's called Piano Access Pass. It's sort of the perfect uh, storm of availability for everything. You know, without having to worry about a saxophone course getting away. We, we don't need that. It's funny because it's like E flat. B, we, we we don't need all that. Ew. You know what I mean? I mean Steve Wilson. Yeah, but saxophone. Yeah, kill it actually. <laughs> um, we'll talk more about it tomorrow yeah. because we'll hear.